I'm Jason Notoris, and this is SPE Talks to Susan House. Welcome to the SPE Podcast. Susan, great to have you here with us today. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. And uh, we're indoors right now, but I understand you're an avid outdoorsman. You you like hiking, you like camping. I've not heard of this before, but but bear spray. It's apparently important, but difficult to bring with you That's when you're actually right. going on adventures. Yeah, yeah, Jason, I was just recently in Montana and uh, my husband and I went up there for a vacation and purchased the bear spray to have with us as we went hiking through Glacier National Park. And interestingly enough, you cannot bring it on a plane. So luckily we have some friends that live there. So we left our bear spray with our friends so they could use it on their hiking adventures. Um, but it's, it's a beautiful part of the country and a great place to go for a little escape from the heat of Houston. So we enjoyed our trip. Fair enough. Well, before we get into some of the tips and advice that you have for our listeners, we do want to let everyone listening know that uh, SB, they have an app. You get access to One Petro, the latest technical content from SPE Publications, and a full SPE events calendar. I've got the app on my smartphone home screen, easy to access, easy to use. It's available in both the App Store and Google Play. Just search SPE International and download today. All right, today's guest has quite the impressive, extensive resume. Uh, let's hit the bullet points. Susan Howes is an SPE member, current VP of engineering at Subsurface Consultant and Associates. You've been on quite a number of boards, um, co-authored several papers, honors, and awards dating back into the 90s, um, serving many roles in the Gulf, Co- Gulf Coast section, actually, is where I see you kind of got your start. Absolutely. And in fact, I um, first benefited from SP Gulf Coast section in high school. I got a scholarship when I was a high school senior, I went to Stratford High School here in Houston, and uh, that scholarship program is still around today. I'm very involved in the fundraising that we're doing for the scholarship endowment. And is that how you first learned about SPE then? Sure. My dad was an SPE member, and he encouraged me to apply for the scholarship. I got the scholarship, uh, went to University of Texas, and uh, started my education in petroleum engineering. And it's interesting, we talk about the scholarship is the bait, but internships are the hook. And so I was lucky enough to have three internships while I was in college, and that really helped set the stage for my career. Nice. A little bit's changed since college, uh, especially with the digital revolution and all. Look what Twitter is doing for everyone. Networking, LinkedIn. Do you want to do a quick Sure. Yes. Um, Most of my social media is, uh, my first name is Carol. So my initial C, Susan Howes. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, a good follow. I recommend uh, giving Susan a follow out there. So when it comes to making a connection, you've just been one of those role models. When it comes to really bridging the gap, you engage with academia. You're in that world in early careers, in management, executive teams. How are you so successful at navigating that? So I've had an opportunity to work throughout my career in a number of roles that have given me those chances to interact with the different facets of our, our world. Um, early in my roles at Anadarko, I was involved in the recruiting and uh, training of young engineers. So that put me into the realm of interacting with academia. And in fact, I'm still on the, um, 
the new foundation, the organization that's been formed, the Petroleum Engineering Department Heads Association, mm-hmm. has me as their uh, member uh, who's not a department head. So I'm enjoying that. And I think in many cases, I've been involved in uh, working with both young professionals and with managers as part of my roles in, in both Chevron and Anadarko, and now, of course, with subsurface consultants. Have you seen any kind of common thread where you found that topic or that bullet point where you're like, okay, this is going to resonate with all of my audience that's listening to me right now, even though my audience is diverse. Have you found that yet? Or? Right. And, and I think it all comes back to talent for me, the um, challenges that our industry faces and talent management really never go away. And I, I think one of the first aha moments I, I had was at an SP annual conference when the um, then chairman of Anadarko um, was talking about the talent challenges our industry faced. And many cases through the ups and downs of our industry, we've um, dealt with the issues and the ramifications of some of the decisions about how we manage talent. And, and I think it's important to prepare for the future by giving our talent the proper uh, training and experiences that they need. So in your opinion, what is the biggest challenge facing oil and gas in terms of the talent management? Well, I think part of it is that we have so many uh, stresses on the system. We've got uh, stockholders, um, uh, external advisory groups, investment uh, groups uh, looking at the short term of, of our results. And sometimes we don't plan well for the long term and we're focused on the short term. So it's really trying to look beyond the next quarter and trying to do some long-term strategic planning. How long-term are we talking? Well, in some cases, it might be 5, 10, 15 years. And, uh, you know, uh, if you ask a oil and gas company to give you their 15-year plan, they, they might look at you funny. That would be a hard thing to provide. But they should be thinking that far out. I'm on some tips for someone who may be going into an interview. Uh, a lot of the news the past couple months has been in mergers and acquisitions. We've had Hillcorp buying out BP's holdings in Alaska, the big ones, Oxy and Anadarko, where you actually spent about 25 years to start your career. What about the leadership skills, soft skills in general, can people use to help differentiate themselves in the workforce? So I, I think these aspects hold true, whether you're in a merger and acquisition cycle or not, you should always be looking out for uh, development in your career. And um, we like to remind everyone that your career development is up to you. You don't wait for the company to come give it to you. You need to go out there and and make it happen. And so in many cases, that means keeping up your uh, resume with the accomplishments that that you've already um, gone through, but looking ahead for the types of roles you would like to apply for. We call that uh, career development planning. Do you have any, any resources that you could share sure. with the listeners that you would recommend unsolicited? Just of course. And <laughs> in, in fact, if you look on my LinkedIn profile, I've written some uh, articles for uh, both JPT and the way ahead uh, SP publications that are in my LinkedIn profile. So in many cases um, I'm just repeating things that I've already uh, published. Uh, but I, I think these are important for people to realize that uh, you really have to own that uh, career development and don't wait for someone to hand it to you. I really like the idea that it is your own. 
Yes. You, you are making the decisions. Right. I mean, things are going to happen to you just as they would happen to someone else as well. But at the end of the day, it's how we react to them and how we adjust that we can further or hurt our career. That's right. And, and I think in many cases you can set yourself up for success if you um, make sure that you get the opportunity to learn the skills that will be in demand in the future. All right. So let's pivot a little bit. You're on the road. Uh, this year as an SPE Distinguished Lecturer. Congratulations. Thank you. You teach courses, you're involved with SPE Awards. Which one's your favorite? Oh, that's like trying to pick one of my children. <laughs> I couldn't do that. But I enjoy it all because it all seems to flow together. It, it's a chance to give back and I've learned a lot and I've gotten a lot from this industry. So it's my chance to give back. So what drives you to be so committed then, to be so selfless? It's a trait that some, you know, some people are able to excel at, but, but for someone who wants to be more in that role, what advice would you give them? Well, I, I think you have to realize that it does take um, effort outside of the workday. You're going to spend some nights and weekends working on some SP projects that you know, maybe you'd rather spend time with your family or, or time uh, goofing off, but uh, it certainly has been uh, worth it to me. I've gotten more value out of uh, what I've put into SPE than one might expect. So it certainly is worth the effort. And and the the friends that I've made over the years, it's definitely been a wonderful source of friends. I'll agree. I've I've heard great advice from from some of my mentors that have basically said, your advancements in your career come after you clock out. That's right. That's right. The things that you do in your own time are what really matter in, in the long run. Well, we want to discuss um, how to put together some nominations for SPE awards. But first, I do want to remind um, people that SPE members do get a 50% discount in the SPE bookstore. Visit store.spe.org to look for your next reading material and watch out for SPE's new book, Hydraulic Fracturing, Fundamentals and Advancement. So let's talk about awards, filling out that proper nomination. What can people do to ensure that they're going through that process correctly, adequately to help out the people who are filing through the nominations to select the proper winners? Yes. Well, to begin with, SP members cannot nominate themselves for an award. So someone else has to nominate you. And so often we find that this works well when we have teams of people that work together to put together nominations. So your team might be um, a group of section officers, or it might be a group of uh, alumni from your alma mater, or it might be a group of people that have something else in common, perhaps the same employer or the same set of technical skills. But ideally, you have five or six people that sit down and start thinking about who they might nominate for each of the categories. And there's a long list of awards, so this could take some effort. Uh, but it's certainly worth it because, um, like I said, you can't nominate yourself, so someone else has to do the, the report writing to put it together. And then the other tip I'll say is start now. Don't wait until the deadline of February 15th for the regional awards or March 1st for the international awards. Start now. Uh, the fall is a good time to start to gather the resources that you'll need. You'll need to contact the individual whom you'd like to nominate and ask for their resume. They may have to update it, so it may take a little time for them to provide the information and then start thinking about who could provide supporting documentation for that nomination. And ideally, you can have someone who supports them who doesn't 
work side by side, not in their same companies, certainly not, you know, the same uh, chain of command. You would like to have some diversity in the support that you provide. And so whether it's letters of support or whether it's just short quotes from each of the supporters, you want to start collecting those now because it takes time to pull all that together. And then think about it. It's, it's really like in any instance, if you were applying for a job, there's a set of uh, key job responsibilities where our awards are much the same way. They have a set of criteria that are listed for the awards. So make sure you're matching the right candidate with the right award. Some of them are discipline specific. Some of them have certain age limitations on them. In most cases, they need to be SPE members. And so there's a number of uh, criteria that you want to match up your candidates with um, the nominations. You hear the testimonies of people who have won the awards, but I've actually heard from those who have nominated and what they felt afterwards when the person they nominated won an award. Can you talk to that? It's such a rewarding experience. When you've gone to the trouble to put together the nomination, getting all the materials together, submitting it on time, and then to see the people that you have put forth receive the accolades they deserve, that is really a wonderful um, you know, way to experience SP vicariously through, through their appreciation. So, you know, it's, it's a really great thing. And I think it's, it's a good way that we can give back. It's something that we have received um, this appreciation in the past. And so we'd like to share it. All right. So if you're interested in making a nomination for awards, visit spe.org slash awards. We will include that link in our show notes so that anyone that needs to access that can do so there. Susan, where can people find you? Sure. They can find me on social media and I'm happy to provide uh, guidance on writing awards or anything else I can provide. Susan, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, let's keep the conversation going. Use the hashtag SPE podcast on all your social media channels to connect there. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Search SPE podcast on iTunes, Spotify, tune in, leave your comments and reviews. We love hearing from you. We're also online at spe.org slash podcast. Special thanks to this episode's guest, Susan Howes. I'm Jason Atoris, and thanks for listening. SPE podcast is powered by the Society of Petroleum Engineers, whose vision is to advance the oil and gas community's ability to meet the world's energy demands in a safe, environmentally responsible and sustainable manner. Learn more at spe.org.